All right, let me talk to you this morning for a few moments. I want to speak to you on this topic of Jonah. We're talking about Jonah. A couple, a couple weeks ago, I talked to you about running from God, running from God. And I want to talk to you this morning on a topic, resisting God, resisting God. Let me share this story with you. Clem, Clem the cat came home after eight years of being who knows where. A homeowner in Wisconsin said that he heard a cat meowing in the front porch. He opened the door. A big, long-haired, gray male cat walked in, checked things out, and jumped in his favorite chair. Family members couldn't believe their eyes. But when they compared the cats to pictures taken eight years earlier, they could only conclude that Clem the cat have come after a long absence. Cat shows up at their house eight years later. What a remarkable homing instinct God has given some animals. That even animals have the understanding how to get back home. How many of you have heard stories like that? Where dogs or cats or, 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 your, or your chicken or whatever, you know, uh, in some cases your pigeon, <laughs> some, some people, uh, it, it takes off and it, who knows where he has been. And end, ends up back at home, you know, like Leon. He, he wanders off, and then he ends up back every night, back at home. Every like, oh Lord, you know, every night, you know. And they end up back every time. Animals can do that, but what about a child of God? What about a child of God who have wandered away from home? What about a child of God on a spiritual level? Why does his his homey instinct appears to be less than that? of a common animal. You know, that even animals have more of a common sense sometimes to return back home than humans. You know, a child of God who have drifted away, you and I both know people who have, who have truly put their faith in Jesus Christ, but, are, but, but, but right now they're away from God. You know, you've known people, maybe someone in your own family that you know, man, they've experienced the power of God, that the, the Spirit of the Lord have touched their life. You know, that there's something in their life that there's a calling or something. And, and you know right now that they're running from God. They're not, they're not in tune in the Spirit. They're not, they're not connecting with God. They're not going to church. As a matter of fact, they're doing the opposite. They're, they're running from God. And we all know someone like that. We all know a family member, a loved one, a child, a daughter, or a grandchild that, that you know <clears throat> there is a calling in their life, that there is a touch in their, in their, in their hearts, but, but they're drifting, they're, they're running, they, have, they don't want nothing to do. The more you talk to them about God, the more harder they get, the more cold they get, you know, you know because they don't want to hear nothing about God because they, they realize the more you talk to them about God, the more of the conviction of God, the rest in their hearts. So what they try to do, they try to avoid all conversation about the Lord in their life because they realize if they can not hear from anyone talking to them about God, that is the best thing because they know there's, they're running from God. They're running from God and, and it happens to all of us. And many of us, we've heard that. You know, and, and last week I talked to you about, uh, about time when Jonah ha, ha, was, he found out that God's will was for his life. You know, we, last time we talked about, 
you know, he heard that God had a purpose for his life, que Dios tenía un propósito para su vida, que Dios tenía un plan para su vida, pero él, él quiso mejor correr de Dios. En, en vez de correr a Dios, corrió la última Hizo lo, lo, lo contrario. And that's what happens sometimes when we hear God's will in our life and God speaks to our hearts. Instead of running toward God, we do the opposite. We run from God when God has a plan for your life. That, that we say, God, what is the plan? And sometimes when we realize the plan of God, we want to do the opposite. And here as we continue in this, this message, this series about Jonah, And we found him now in a place where, where he, not only he was running from God, but now he, we found him in a place where he now is resisting from God. He's resisting God in his life. You know, we don't, he don't want to do anything. He don't want to hear anything. And you know what happens. What happens that many times in our life is that resisting, resisting leads to callousness in our life. You know, that we become cold. We become hard in our hearts you know but the scripture tell us in Jonah chapter 1 verse 4 through 6 it said but the Lord heard a powerful wind over the sea causing a violent storm that that threatened to break the ship apart fearing for their life the desperate sailors shouted to their God for help and threw cargo overboard to lighten the ship But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hole. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? I want you to catch that phrase right there for a moment because we're going to talk about that phrase. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted, get up and pray to your God. Maybe, the, maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our life. Now, when you picture this man on a ship, don't think of this luxury liner, okay? Some of you have been in, a, in, a, in one of those fancy ships for, on your cruise ships, Disney cruises, those rich folks, um, you know, or, or the carnival, you know, or, you know, don't picture those kind of ships, you know, they're, they're, the, those men were in. No, most likely they were on a wooden vessel which was not very large. The storm was raging and tossing the small ship to and fro. The storm was so violent that, that it threatened to break the ship into, into pieces. As you can imagine, every man was scared for their life. And this little boat, that the storm was strong, the storm was, was, was raging hard, and the ship was moving back and forth, that it was about to break, so the men were scared. Anything that wasn't nailed down got thrown overboard. They said, we have to line up, we have to light up the ship so we won't go down with it. Let's throw everything off this ship. Let's throw it off. Let's throw it off the boat. So in other words, you know, they were doing everything possible so they will not sink down. These men were terrified and didn't know if, that, if this moment in time might be the last moment they would ever experience. Can you, can you visualize that in the theater of your mind? They thought, this is it, it's over, we're going to die. Verse 5 tells us that all these men were crying out to their God to save them, but none of, their, of them were receiving 
a favorable answer. They were yelling to their gods. They were asking their gods to help. How many know there's no other God than our God? You know what? There's people worshiping. There's people talking. There's people, you know, you know, talking to God. There's no God than our God. There are heavenly God. My friend, there's no, no, no one greater than our God. And they were calling on their God for answers, but there's no answer. So the, cop, the captain went down below deck. And what did he find? What did he find? Jonah fast asleep. He found Jonah fast asleep. Everybody aboard ship is in panic. The ship is ready to break into pieces. There is no telling what might happen next. And the great prophet of God. Remember, this is the prophet of God. This is the one of the men of God. The prophet of God is found fast asleep in the midst of the storm. I want you to catch this. This is important. Here, here the prophet of God, the man of God, instead of helping somebody, can I get an amen? Instead of interceding and, 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 and having a solution, he's asleep in the bottom of the boat. If there, if have there ever, if have if ever there been, if have ever was a picture, a picture of a believers who, ha, who, who was away from God, it is this. This is a perfect picture, and I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm telling you, this is a perfect picture of a believer that is away from God. Here is the prophet who is away from God, and here is a perfect picture. People all around them in the midst of the raging sea of sin. And where are they be found? Asleep. You know what? We, the church, needs to wake up. We, the church, needs to realize that we need to wake up. Because what's happening, the church is falling asleep. The church, there's a storm of sin happening in our country, happening in our world. And where is the people of God? We are falling asleep in the bottom of the boat when there is a storm all around us. And that's what's happening. He found himself asleep. Jonah didn't seem to be all that concerned about what was happening to the fellow passengers on the ship. And when, and when we are away from God, when we are away from God, we don't have the concern we should have for the lost people in the world. I'm telling you, when you're lost yourself, you don't care what anybody's going through. It doesn't affect your life. It doesn't affect what's happening around you. You know what happened many times? When, when we understand that there is a lost group of people, that there is a generation that is away from God. You know what? A lot of these people that I'm talking to can, can, can hit real close to home. You know, a lot of these people can be our people that we care about, can be our children, our grandchildren, our spouses, and so on, that you know they're away from God. But we need to not give up. We need to uh, sound the alarm. You know what? Instead of talking about it, instead of complaining about it, we better get our act together and start interceding for their soul. Start praying for their soul. Say, God, you're going to change their hearts. You're going to change their life. Because the only person who can do that is our Lord Jesus Christ. They have to get a hold of God. They have to get a hold of the presence of the Holy Spirit in their life. They realize, my friend, there's nothing greater than having a relationship with Jesus Christ. We can't do it without Him. 
He is our only hope. He is our only hope. Jonah didn't seem concerned. Jonah didn't seem to be all that concerned about what was happening to his peers. It's not why we want them to die. It's not that we want them to die without Christ. We simply don't even take their lost condition into consideration. We got we to gotta think about them. Someone dies and we say, I wonder if she was safe. I wonder if he was a Christian. But friends, it's too late to be asking that kind of questions. The time to find out if someone has Christ as their personal Savior is when the storms of sin are raging in their life. For if we wait, they will spend eternity in the storm. We can wait and it's too late. We look around our world and we see perishing without Christ. People dying without Christ. And we must ask the question, where is the church? Where is the church? We need to sound the alarm. We need to start waking up the world and say, listen, we, there is an urgency that happens in our spirit that says we got to reach people for the kingdom of God. We got to do whatever we can and we need to intercede. Where are the witnesses? We must often, and we must often answer, they are asleep. People are falling asleep. Here's Jonah, the prophet of God. The men of God, running from God, resisting God. Alton Fanny tells about one Saturday night after he had went to bed. He tried, he was tired, and sleep came easily. After a few hours, he thought he smelled a smoke, but he was so tired too, he just turned over and went back to sleep. It seems to him that only a moment passed and someone started blowing their horn as it drove around his block. But he still didn't get out of bed to what was happening. Finally, someone pounded the door of his house and yelled, Fire! Alton Fanny jumped up and put on his pants. He ran outside and saw the house across the street going up in blaze. Large, glooming ashes were flowing across the street and landing on his roof of his house. When it all was over, the house across the street was burned to the ground, but Alton Fanny was spared. Do you know what Alton Fanny was most thankful for? That someone was awake and made him realize the danger he was in. How many Christians sleep while others perish? Aren't you glad he is thankful that somebody was awake, that somebody was alert to yell and say, Fire! To realize him that without somebody who was awake, he would have perished forever. My friend, we the church have a responsibility. We the church better be awake and realize that we need to sound the alarm. That we can't fall asleep. Because if we fall asleep, other people will perish. Other people are not paying attention. A young man at one of the iron workers in, in Sheffield, Alabama, was thrown accidentally on a red hot iron plate when he was rolled off by his fellow workmen it was doubtful that he would live his workmen cried send for a doctor but a suffering man cried never mind the doctor 
I am dying without God. Who can help me? And although 300 men surrounded him, not one could tell him the way of salvation. One of the men who heard the cry of the dying man was an inactive church member of a church. When someone later asked him about the, ex the incident, he said, I have heard those cries ever since, and I wish I could have stopped, stooped down, and point him to Christ, but my life closed my lips, sleeping while others perish, unable to testify to the gospel because he himself was running from God. A man perished. He didn't need a doctor that moment. He needed somebody who would show him the way of salvation. He was crying for someone who can lead me the path of hope. You know what? And there's men surrounding him, and no one was able to help him because all those men were away from God themselves. My friend, we have to be ready when the opportunity comes, when that moment comes. We got to be ready to lead people to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We got to be ready to show them the way. We cannot afford to people to die without Jesus. We have to be ready. We have to, ready, we have to be ready ourselves when that moment comes. And we have to be ready ourselves when the opportunity comes to share to somebody the gospel of salvation. That there's hope in Jesus Christ. People are leaving. People die because there's no one who showed them the way. We fall asleep. We can't fall asleep, church. Now the times that we're living today, Jonah was resisting God. Jonah was resisting God. The next thing real quickly is this. Resist, resistance leads to confusion. The Bible tells us that, that um, so, so the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted. Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused this terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why has this awful storm came down on us? They demanded. They asked, why is this happening? Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew. I, am, I worship the Lord, the God of heavens who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this. For he had already told them for why he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They grounded. Listen, if you're a Christian... And times are not right between you and God. Oftentimes, the lost world will be able to recognize your situation. You know, when you're running from God, people can tell you're running from God. You know, I used to work in a, in, a, in a warehouse when I was a young, going to college. And, and what, what, right before I left that job to go into full-time ministry, the, the supervisor told me once, said, listen, if you, ever, if you ever need to come back, come back. We'll receive you right, right where you left off. And he said, you know, you know, I, I was called to be a preacher. And, and I remember months prior, the year that I worked there, 
that there was something about him that looked like a preacher. He, he, he walked like a preacher. He, he, he talked. I mean, it was just something, you know, something about his personality that I always wondered, man, that guy's, that guy's look like a preacher. You know, you know what? He was a backslidden preacher. And he told me, he said, you know what? I, I, I was supposed to go into the ministry. The Lord, was, the Lord have called me into ministry, but I refused because I prefer to climb the corporate ladder. And, and here I am. You know, yes, I'm successful and I've done well, but, but I'm still not happy in my, in my heart, in my spirit, because I've, I'm running from the will of God. And I always remember that sitting in his office, and he will look at me and he said, listen, you, do, you pursued, you do what God is calling you, you go after it. Because I, I didn't. You know what? But, but that's what the world looks at us. The world looks at Christianity at us. You know what? They look at it. There's something about our life. And when we're running from God, when you're running from God and you know you're supposed to be doing the will of God, you're supposed to be faithful to God, and you do the opposite, you know what? People can tell. The world can tell. The sailors cast lots to see who was the source of their problem. And the lot fell to Jonah. They asked Jonah some good questions. Why has this awful storm came down on us? Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Joseph, Jonah told them, I worship the Lord, the, the God of heaven. Tell us he has already told them he was running from God. He, they knew he was running from God. He, they knew that he was trying to get away from God. How many of you know? How many of you know? How many of you know that you can't run from God? You can try to run from God. You can try to hide it and so on. But you cannot outrun God. It's like a state trooper. You can't outrun the state trooper. They say, well, I can run the state trooper. Well, you might can run the state trooper, but you can't outrun the radio. You know what I'm talking about? When you're driving interstate and you see the trooper by the corner and you, your heart drops and you let go of the, ga the gas and then you're looking down the real mirror to see if he's coming behind you and you're, like, and you're just kind of real quiet, just kind of waiting, waiting, waiting and you know he's not coming. Now you step on it. Anybody I'm talking about? Yes, that conviction, right? That conviction, you know you're speeding. But when you know you're not speeding, you're going 70 miles per hour on I-4, and there's five troopers on the side of the road, you just go by, you say, hey. You know, because you know you are, there is no conviction in your heart. You are not breaking the law, you ain't breaking anything. But it's conviction. Jonah was running from God. Jonah was running from God because he, he felt the calling of God on his life. And he told them what was happening. And they knew what was happening. Listen, non-Christian people sometimes look at us and they have to ask, if that person is a Christian, why does, does he or she live their life just like we do? The world sees us. You know what? What happens is many times, oh, Lord, help me. What happens many times that we even, the church looks no different than the world. And I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about people in the church. They look just as same as the world. 
We talk like the world. We act like the world. We, we party with the world. We flirt with the world. No wonder what the non-Christian people are confused and wonder if I have to go to church and look like that. Might as well don't go to church at all. And that's what they were, they were telling Jonah. But man, the, here's the problem. You tell us you're running from God, but you're acting like everybody else. And you are here, a man of God. Here you are, a prophet. And, and you're doing what we would have done. Now, we expect that from the sinner, but I didn't expect that from the man of God. From the Christian believer who goes to church. Now, friend, we need to separate ourselves a little bit more so the world can see there's something different about him. There's something different about her. The way she talks, the way she acts, the way she intercedes, the way, you know what? There's something different that I want to be part of that world. I want, I want Jesus in my heart. And here's us what's happening. What is the difference about him or her that distinguish them as followers of God? I wonder if anybody is asking these questions today about you and me. And I'm almost done. According to UPI, a nine-year-old girl was raised by, by barmyard pigs in the China Providence. The girl had been nursed and raised from infant by a pleasant family pigs because her disabled parents could not care for her like a Chinese version of the Ripley's Believe It or Not. The report indicated that there were several deprived child who is now being taught to abandon pig-like behavior in favor to act human. Her counselors said that the child have learned to crawl like a pig and imitate others' piggish actions. She displayed shifting emotions intended to want it to live in solitude. What a horrible tragedy that this girl that was created to have all the traits of humanity was taught to exhibit the actions of an animal. But there is the worst tragedy in the world. It is when Christians who is created to live out their life like their Lord exhibits all the attitudes and actions of the world. Many Christians are committed to Christ just enough to find themselves miserably hung up on the middle of the fence. On one side, they see themselves with opportunities of becoming like Christ. And on the other, they see easy way out of becoming like the world. They're, they're riding the fence, my friend. That is even more dangerous. That we have opportunity. We have, we, we as, as we worship the Father, we should have the characteristics of the Father. But what happens sometimes, instead of having the characteristics of the Father, we have the characteristics of the world. And, and, and we're riding the fence. We know what we should do, but what happens many times that we as Christian believers, we, we're riding that fine line. Lots of Christians are dangling on the fence while the world is demanding they get on one side or the other. When a believer is away from God, he is confused. He, com he confuses the lost world. You know what? That is so true. 
When we as Christian believers live our life a way that should not be living our life like, it's giving, the, it's giving a message to the world that we can live like this and, and it's okay. That we can live our life in a way that, that it doesn't have to please God as long as it pleases me. As long as I'm happy with my life and what I want to do, man, I can sleep around and have sex and, and do drugs and do all this stuff. And you know what? It doesn't matter, you know, because, you know, we serve a good God and He's merciful. But, friend, you better watch out. Because the world is watching, and if we're not, my friend, we're showing the testimony to the world that, you know what, that Christ is not that important in my life. It's a testimony to the world that the world needs to see Christian people who are radically I know, in love with God. That we're in love with God and say, God, you are first in my life. And, and I know you might, don't, you might you didn't come to hear this message, but I'm telling you, we, somebody needs to preach it. Somebody needs to preach it. And, and we need to hear it that, man, you can't ride the fence. You can't be lukewarm. You're either hot or cold. You know, we, we, can't, we can't be lukewarm. We, we have to be on fire for God or you're going to be away from God. There is no in-between. And we have to be on fire for the things of God. And I, I know what? And I think that is important. We, we have to be careful. Because you know why? There's, there's grandchildren watching us. There's children who watches us. There's people who watches us. You know, it's not about you any longer. It's, you know, Pastor Dare was singing a song from generation to generation, the blessing from generation. You know what? We want our children to be blessed. Well, live right for God. You, you know, you let your blessing be a blessing to the next generation so that generation can be a blessing to the next generation. And my friend, in the favor of God, you know what, is with them coming in and going out. The favor of God is in their life. That no matter where they go, no matter what they, where they step in, the favor of God is with them because there is a generation of blessing that is going from one to another. My friend, that's what it's all about. It's no longer about me. When I was young and single, living the good life, nobody would tell me what to do. I told my mom one time, I said, well, I can't, I can't wait to move out. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. And then I got married. But when I was young and single, it was just about me. It was just what, what matters to me. It was just my world. Then I got married, and then it's about me and my wife. I, I, have, I have the responsibility of taking care of my wife. When I sat on that altar, and I said, for better or for worse, for sickness or through health, you know what? I, we mean those words. We mean those words. They're not just flattering words. It's just not a script for something to say. It's something that we mean it. And when I, when I took those vows in the altar, my friend, it was to honor my wife, to respect my wife, to love my wife, to be faithful to my wife. My friend, those were the vows that I took in the altar. You know what? We don't take vows serious anymore. You know what? Don't even say vows anymore. Just say, I do and I do and just get married because you ain't going to keep them anyway. Vows are, are, are a commitment. 
their, their vows to one another. And when, when I took my wife, my responsibility then was my wife. Then, and then children came. I, I, I don't know how it happened, but children come. Then Karina came, and now it's my wife and Karina. I have to be re responsible for them. And then Carlos Jr. came. Then I had to start fasting and praying now. And still fasting and praying. But it's no longer about me. It's my family. We have a responsibility. You know, and that's what we Christians, we need to understand you know, that, you know, that resisting can lead, can lead to contempt too. My friend, we got to be careful. The scripture tell us, tell us, and since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to stop this storm? You know what he said? He said, throw me into the sea. Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and if we will become, and, the, and it will become calm again. I know, I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. You know what? You recognize. Instead, the sailor rowed even harder to get the ship to the land. They tried to help the guy out, you know? But the storm sea was too violent for them, and they couldn't make it. And then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah, God, oh Lord. They pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin. And don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh, Lord, you have set this storm upon him for your own good reason. Then the sailor picked up Jonah and threw him into the raging sea. And the storm stopped at once. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power. And they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Jonah had already chosen to run from God's people, but... To his dismay, he discovered that the lost world couldn't accept him either. In fact, in, in the final analysis, they too cast him aside. Even the world threw him overboard. You know what? You can flirt with the world for so long. You can dance with the world for so long. And as long as you are pleasing the world, as long as you're pleasing the devil, he's your best friend. But the moment you stop flirting, the moment you stop giving him what he wants, he will turn his back on you. And he will, he will throw you overboard. You know what? People like to flirt with the world and dance with the world. You know what? Sin only lasts for a season. Sin is only for a season. The, 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 the fun you're having right now, the luxury you're having right now, and it's fun, and it's great, and, you know, let's party, let's rock and roll, you know what, you know, we're having a good old time, let's, let's crank up la musica, and, you know, and all this fun stuff, you know what, don't, mis don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say, okay, what I'm trying to say is the, the world will, will let you down, that's what I'm trying to say. Let the shoe, if the shoe fits, wear it. I'm, I'm just making a point. The world will let you down sooner or later. The world will break your heart. The world will cheat on you. The world will break your heart. But you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ who will never abandon you, who will never cheat on you, who will never lie to you, 
He will never break your heart. My friend, I'd rather spend my life with the Lord Jesus Christ than trying to cater to the world that by any reason, at any moment, they can turn your back on you. People can turn their back on you. We got to be consistent. We got to be faithful to God. We got to be faithful to the things of the Lord. Friend, that's what matters the most. We serve the Lord. You know what? Instead of resisting God and running from God, you know what? I've said this, I said it before and I said it again. It's like the older I get, the longer I live, the, the less of a rip I get, I give whoever thinks about things. You know what I'm talking about? It's like things that you thought were so important, the order you get in, like, you can have that piece of junk where I care. And the order I'm getting, what matters the most is that my children have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because everything else will fall in place. Everything else, will, will, God will take care of it. But having a relationship with Jesus, it is the most important thing. This is fall in love with Jesus. Don't fall in love with things. Don't fall in love. And nothing wrong with having stuff. Trust me, people who work hard, they, I get it. But don't make them your priority. Don't make them before God. Let's, let, let always be God first. If God can give it, God can take it. Because if he takes it, I mean, he's going to give me double. If I have to give it up for the call of Christ, God will, as long as I'm walking with him, as long as I'm serving him, as long as I'm faithful to him, he will double my blessing for my trouble. That is so true to that. Amen. Why don't you get up on your feet for a moment as we close. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, Father, I pray this morning, Lord, for those who are here this morning. Maybe they don't have a relationship with you. Maybe they don't know, maybe they don't walk with you this morning. Maybe they're watching online and they don't know you. Father, I pray, Lord, that those who are here right now, God, I pray, Lord, that if they need to reassure the relationship with you, they want to make sure that they're right with you. They don't want to be running like Jonah was. They want to make sure they're hearing and they want to stop running. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, if they're in this building, I pray in the, in, in the count of three that they will lift up their hands, that they'll stop running from God and say, I'll just give it all to you. And if that's you in the count of three, lift up your hand where you're at. One, two, three. Lift up that hand. Lift up that hand. I see that hand. Yeah, I see that hand. You can put him down. See that hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? I see that hand. Thank you. You can put it down. Put it down. You know what? Stop running. Be, be the man, woman of God for your home, for your spouse, for your children, for your husband. Whatever. You be that person that start running. You want to hear from God. And I pray in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray right now for those hands who will lift it up. Father, I pray, Lord, that they will hear, they will hear this message. 
but I pray, Lord, that it will get grounded in our hearts. Lord, that as they go out and about this afternoon, throughout this week, let this message ring in their hearts, God. And I pray, Lord, that you will raise them up, that you will turn their lives around. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, that you would do a turnaround. Instead of running from God, they will run toward you, God. And I pray that you will bless them and you will help them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And amen. We say goodbye to those who are watching us online. God bless you.